0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by j Contracting. Ready? Break! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore.
1: From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joey Medor, on this 31st day of July, 6.06 on the clock and 87 degrees and partly sunny outside here in southeast Ohio. It's been a while since we've had a sports fan, since all the way back to last Thursday, but it's good to be back on the airwaves and it's good to have a sports fan, but not all the way up until 7 o'clock today. We've got Cincinnati Reds and Detroit Tigers. They'll kick off and start at 6.40 with the pregame show and uh, you know, Tommy Thrall. Tommy Thrall's actually been doing a nice job, Joey, uh, filling in for Marty Brenneman. Enjoyed listening to him. Uh, but before we get into sports and stuff, and I know we got Michael Roth on the line, and he'll join us momentarily, uh, today was the last day for our news director, Bob Bayette. He's been here since 1991. So just want to say thank you to Bob Bayette. Appreciate all the work that he's done here in Southeast Ohio, covering Southeast Ohio. Uh, it's good to get to know him, and good to uh, you know, finally see that he's able to retire and uh, hopefully enjoys the rest of his days, but uh, always appreciate what Bob did here at the station, and nice to learn from him. Uh, but as of right now, we've got Michael Roth on the line. Michael Roth is here. As There's been a lot of confusion right now with the OHSAA. Uh, it was yesterday where they said, or maybe a couple days before, where they're like, well, I mean, they pushed it back until the 4th. Now it's back up until tomorrow. Uh, Michael Roth, help us sort through this right now, because with the OHSAA, what is going on and As of right now, I believe fall sports are able to practice beginning tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it has been kind of a roller coaster so far trying to keep up with everything that has been happening with OHSAA. But um, like you mentioned, football and other fall sport practices are permitted to start tomorrow across the entire state. Now, lots of schools, especially schools around Northeast Ohio, have delayed those plans because, uh, the Cuyahoga County, um, board, um, suggested or recommended that, um, they do not start practicing. So I would say probably about 30% of schools around Northeast Ohio and in Cuyahoga County and the surrounding counties like Summit County as well have already announced that they will not be practicing tomorrow. Um, but I would assume that most of the schools that haven't made announcements that they're not practicing tomorrow will start practice, whether that's tomorrow or Monday. Uh, I have seen plenty of announcements as well of schools starting, announcing that they are starting practice, uh, whether that's tomorrow, Sunday, or Monday. It just depends on um, which sport and when, because you know, some schools probably don't want to start on Saturday, rather start on Monday. Um, I know that has been a popular option. But, yeah, it seems like um, we're going to get, Going to get fall sports practices underway and really give this a shot,
2: Mike. What are uh, what are some of the, like the protocols that have uh, gone into the plan so far? Like, are there a certain amount of kids that are allowed to be involved, or uh, you know, like what what are some of like the uh, the stipulations to returning to practice?
0: Uh, you know, in the um, questions and answers on return to play, I don't believe there was. I'm uh, trying to skim through it right now as I talk. I don't believe there was a lot about that, but there was, um, there was requirements put out, I believe a while ago that, um, some programs had already, um, began, like off season weight training. Um, and, uh, they said that the requirements are many of the same ones that have been put in place by the governor's office, office for some time. We have simply elevated some of the recommendations that schools were provided in the OHSAA return to play recommendations document. So I I believe that came out about two weeks ago. I read through it at the time. I couldn't um, specifically uh, say what the recommendations are, but um, later on in the document that was put out today, there are going to be penalties in place for schools that are non-compliant with these new regulations put forward um, towards practices.
1: And you know trying to get better and and you know bring a healthy return to high school sports of course is at the forefront of a lot of people's minds right now uh, you know but there are some people that say well how could you have sports but not bring back kids for education uh you know and what what is your take on that I mean should we have sports without having uh you know people in the classrooms
0: um you know I think the OHSAA um marked this in two of their their answers in their documents today, which said, "Uh, the fact of the matter is that a majority of our student-athletes have either been competing on non-school teams or training and conditioning for the past several months. They have already been participating in sports and the goal of participating with their teammates at their schools have been on the minds for a long time. Another answer that they put for a slightly different question was that, Uh, If OHSAA does not offer sports right now, there is little doubt that non-school programs would continue to fill the void for our student-athletes, and OHSAA believes that their schools are the most reliable providers of these programs in an environment that implements best practices for dealing with COVID-19 restrictions, and most non-school programs do not focus on the education-based aspect of athletics in the same manner as member high schools. And additionally, the last point, which is very important, uh, not providing school-based programs can also lead to socioeconomic concerns when it comes to our student-athletes. Many of the non-school programs require significantly more cost to participate than school-based programs. Um, so uh, it would be extremely difficult to see many of our students on the sidelines because they would could not afford to participate. So basically what OHSAA is saying is that if we cancel, that's not going to stop kids from playing sports, it's not going to stop them from practicing, it's not going to stop them from congregating. You have travel baseball tournaments, you have AAU basketball tournaments, you have travel soccer tournaments going on all across the state of Ohio. You have a bunch of Ohio teams traveling to other bordering states, especially Indiana has been a popular one, for them to practice. So really what OHSAA is saying is that they believe that if this is already going to happen, them being able to pull the plug and set more regulations, they hope is going to be safer than if they just allowed a bunch of AU and different travel events to happen right now and they believe that their programs are much more cost-effective especially towards um, those students who just don't come from backgrounds that have a lot of money to spend on participating in travel sports Uh, I know that at my high school uh, participating in sports was incredibly affordable um, so I think that that's something you really can't argue, that um, going with the OHSAA is going to be um, better financially for those students with financial concerns.
2: Yeah, that's a real good point about the travel sports because some of them cost thousands of dollars to play to get a uniform and a couple T-shirts just to play, but apparently uh, that that's better for you. But uh, it's kind of zeroing in on football a little bit, Mike. Uh, you see a lot of, it's mostly in the South, a lot of people talking about moving football to the spring and it doesn't seem like OHSAA has uh, been one of the states. Ohio being one of the states that wants to do that. It seems like they want to play it in the fall or not at all. And I think it's the right move because when it comes to football, I mean, football is a, is the sport where a lot of you get a lot of kids from a lot of the winter and spring sports like wrestling, basketball, baseball, lacrosse. If this if your school has it. all these all these kids, they're all football players too. They run track, and it just seems like if you end up moving football to the spring your spring sports are going to take a big hit in other areas because, I I mean, unless a kid's a stud baseball player and he plays football, but I feel like most of the time football could be the main sport for kids around here, and it could uh, have a huge impact on, you know, the competitiveness of some of your other spring teams if you move football into the spring.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Joey. Uh, Look at where you guys are at in Athens, Ohio. Look across that entire region. If football got moved to the spring, How many schools are able to field baseball and track teams in the spring this year if they happen at the same time? I really don't think that number is very high. Um, There are plenty of other small schools across all other parts of the state that simply would not be able to field teams in those sports if they didn't move football to the spring. There was one push to move football to the spring that happened um, that was a group of Uh, central Ohio, so around the Columbus area, um, on some sort of football board and that um, proposal got swiftly denied. Uh, Basically the reason why that proposal got denied was it hinged on winter sports only having about five and a half weeks of regular season competition compared to um, the usual I want to say it's over three months so going from over three months to barely over a month was something that um, was not approved by OHSAA, and um, I really think that was the biggest um, downfall to moving towards spring season because I don't think you can have football play alongside spring or winter sports. I don't think they can happen at the same time because there would be a ton of small schools that they wouldn't be able to field competitive enough teams um, if you combine the seasons. So that's a uh, that really is the biggest problem with moving football to the spring and why I really don't think it was ever a feasible option for OHSAA to move to the spring. Because also, do you want to play football in the fall in 2021? What happens if the football season ends in June and then you're going to start and play a full season starting next August? Because I think everybody hopes that the 2021 football season has 10 regular season games and a full-state tournament, ideally in the fall. So, And I don't think that happens if you move it to the spring this
2: year. So. Yeah, just a quick comment. That would be awful if you end the season in June and then have to turn around and play. Uh, first of all, I mean, usually weight training starts in May, I mean, on a regular football season. So you have to cram all that into the June and July months and then start practicing in August again for another full season. That'd be brutal. I would not envy uh, those players.
1: And again, we're talking with Michael Roth, the sports director over at WOUB. And, Mike, the uh, OHSAA in the governor's office is meeting on the 4th. You know, we're seeing a couple of reports there, and that more information is going to become available about, you know, football and other events. Uh, What do you anticipate to come out of this meeting? Where do you see, you know, the fall sports happening uh, after that 4th meeting in regards to football and other high-contact sports uh, like soccer and lacrosse?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really not sure what to expect from this meeting. Um, it really is the, the other 4th, which is September 4th. That is the timetable that OHSAA gave the state of Ohio, and they said that if the state of Ohio does not approve competition for high-contact sports by September 4th, there will basically be no high-contact sports until December. So that is really the deadline that everybody needs to keep in mind. So if the state of Ohio does not approve high-contact sports play by September 4th, there will not be a football season. There will only fall sports um, currently. I know golf is a low-contact sport and volleyball. Um, I believe there are discussions to make cross-country a low-contact sport. I would not be surprised if that was kind of the announcement from this meeting, which would probably disappoint a lot of people, but I would expect um, there to be a serious discussion about them switching cross country, which is not a huge sport uh, to my knowledge around the Athens area, but in other parts of the state, it does get taken a lot more seriously, um, especially uh, like the high school High school I went to in Ohio. Um, and there have been many uh, high school cross country uh, whether that's players, coaches, or parents who have done wanting uh, the state to adjust and make cross-country a low context sport. Um, so I, I think that might be the disappointing news for football fans, but the good news for cross-country fans from uh, this initial meeting. And DeWine seems, seems pretty consistent that he wants to have a season. He's always posting uh, advertisement campaigns, and I, I think if numbers do start to go down, I don't think the wine will be the one that holds back high schools from participating in sports
2: this fall. Well, Mike, to wrap things up here, uh, I don't know what exactly I'm allowed to okay. disclose, but I, 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 you're going to have a, a big role with Gridiron Glory this year. Hopefully, if there's a season, uh, so obviously you got to be kind of excited. You know, football practice supposed start tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what teams decide to do and what all the different school boards. Decide on, but uh, you could have a few uh, busy few weeks coming up for you here soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, it's uh, it's a busy time for hopefully hopefully if the coaches are busy and and I'm busy, that's uh, that's gonna be good news for uh, a bunch of sports fans. Uh, we're planning on really starting to talk to um, uh, a bunch of high school coaches in Grandalers Conference, which is the TBC Hacking and TBC Ohio, among uh, other conferences around Southeast Ohio. Um, not this week, but next week. So, uh, kind of giving the coaches a week to figure out how, uh, how they want to move forward. Um, if they are moving forward starting tomorrow and then, um, if, uh, if everything stays the course, hopefully, uh, you'll get to see a bunch of content on WAB about the return of high school athletics, which, uh, I, I believe I was actually attending the very last game. Um. Of Ohio High School Athletics. Um, it was a double overtime basketball game on the last day before high school athletics got canceled. So um, it would kind of be cool for it to come full circle when I'm there at the last time when they play. And then hopefully uh, when we start back up, I'll be there as well. And hopefully that's sooner rather than later.
1: Yep, and again, Michael Roth, appreciate the time. The sports director over at WUB, and hopefully everybody's able to, you know, come back safely, some come back healthy, uh, but always appreciate your time. We're going to take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. On the other side, baseball is back. It's been a while since we've had baseball, and we'll talk a little bit about the MLB and the state of the Reds when we return. You're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH, presented by JNK k Contracting. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate.
2: Integrated Services for Behavioral Health is the preeminent behavioral
1: health organization in Southeast Ohio. It's an organization of over 300 like-minded individuals that provide services to some of the most vulnerable populations
2: believing in the resiliency of the individual. If you provide good services, if you care about the individual and you value communities, you know, the opportunities are endless.
0: the best prices on air and hotel reservations with your phone we make it easy and fast for you to save money and book a trip remember call the senior travel discount network mention the discount code 60 plus for your free hotel night with your qualified reservation
1: call now 800-689-5121 800-689-5121 800-689-5121 that's 800-689-5121 Join us each week for Autosmarts. You'll never know who will show up. Jay Leno, welcome to Autosmarts. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Don Garlitz,
0: thanks for everything. Thank
1: you so much. Bill Engvall. And Bill, how are you today, sir? I'm doing just great. The one and only Carl Edwards joins us today. How are you doing, brother? I'm uh, doing really good, and uh, thank you for having me on. This is cool. So come on. Join in the fun. That's Autosmarts Friday afternoons at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. And welcome back into the Sports Fan. Mills on the mic alongside Joey Medore, and We got you up until 6.40 today before the Cincinnati Reds pregame show begins. They got a game starting at 7.10 against the Detroit Tigers and it'll be Luis Castillo against Spencer Turnbill. Uh, of course, there'll be a rematch of what happened the first time around. It's been a You know, quick turnaround for the Cincinnati Reds as they go against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, It was the Reds and the Cubs for four games. The last game of that four-game series got postponed to a later date. Uh, The one interesting thing is, with games getting postponed, is that MLB and the MLB Players Association agreed to now do seven-inning doubleheaders. So you'll have, you know, a seven-inning first game, a seven-inning last game. You could see a lot of complete games, maybe, because starters only going around six-and-a-third, maybe five-and-a-third, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, but I think that's a positive for MLB. It continues to have as many games as possible, and it allows them to have, you know, as maybe it's not as regular as a season as possible, but still you play as many games as, as you can.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty normal strategy for, you know, like minor league teams and uh, uh, like, uh, you know, summer collegiate ball. Sometimes they'll do that. They need to get a doubleheader and they'll just play a day, a day, a uh, seven-in game, a night seven-in game. It's a nice way to get a couple games done rather quickly. It only takes about two, two and a half hours to play. Seven innings, and then uh, you know, they'll keep rolling on through the season. You just kind of got to adjust on the fly. I think uh, that was a question we thought about because you know, you don't not very many days off to fit in rain out and things like that. Plus, you don't know where the team is going to be that you're supposed to play because these guys are none of the schedules really match up. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a smart move for sure.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a move, you know, that I think is definitely positive. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm still not a big fan of that extra. Extra inning rule. We're in the tenth. You got a runner starting on second base.
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan. of You it. know what I found out? What? You know the people who are upset about it are te- people whose teams have lost from it so far. Exactly. That's why okay. I'm upset okay. about well, it. I, I mean, well, because it's not a normal rule. I mean, lay down a bunt, get a base hit, hit a sack fly, you'll score a run each and every time. It shouldn't be that hard for a major league team to uh, execute. Sometimes it is, though. I mean, this is professional
1: baseball. It is very hard to execute at that level uh, for anybody. Uh, but still, you know, baseball. Uh, doing that weird extra inning thing, I know Indians fans are upset about it because they lost a game. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I mean, Shane Bieber has looked pretty good in the beginning uh, portions of this season. I mean, first two pretty
2: games, pretty good. He's
1: looked <laughs>
2: really good. I mean, he's had the, this is the best two starts ever. Uh, I mean, and of course, people this will always have an asterisk next to it, but you can't deny. I mean, what's he has the most strikeouts ever in his first two starts in a season. Yes, yeah, I mean, so He struck out double digit guys in both games. Right? I mean, it is... What, what He had 14 the first
1: game, 13 this next game. Yeah, So that puts him at 27 strikeouts in two games. And I think that puts him on par with uh, Nolan Ryan when... Pretty good, I, I, pretty I good company was, there. Yeah, I believe it was Nolan Ryan. But still, I mean, he's got to be, again, 60-game season. Whether you want to put any validity to it or not, you still got to go out there and pitch. Uh, but still, I would say he's got to be a Cy Young Award winner. Uh, favorite again, two starts, but now every start kind
2: of matters when it's again that shortened season. And unfortunately, I mean, we t- t- turning over to the Reds, you, you kind of look at what Sonny Gray has done in his first two starts. He's two and zero, he had point seven one ERA and twenty strikeouts. And I mean, with what Shane Bieber's doing, that gets completely overlooked. I right. mean, that's inc- that's incredible first two games too, twenty strikeouts in two games.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was this is definitely a different Sonny Gray than was with the new york yankees i mean sonny gray found his groove here in cincinnati and i mean he's earned that aces spot i know when we talked to troy last time we were on the air on thursday you know troy's kind of like well why not go with trevor bauer as as your opening day starter or castillo really Castillo castillo had a great year last year too right i mean you do have a talented front end of your starting rotation with the cincinnati reds i know wade miley uh did not you know have that start that he really wanted to get Uh, But still, you know, the the Reds' first three guys with Sonny Gray and uh, Luis Castillo and, uh, you know, Trevor Bauer, it's still a very, very good... Starting rotation with those top three, it's just now winning those games when they're out on the mound.
2: Yeah, you could argue one through three, they're, they're they could be the best in all baseball currently. Uh, you know, I can't really think of a team that has three really solid starters that you could send out there. Uh, you know, every day the Yankees have looked good so far with Cole and uh, Jay Happ's been okay and uh, Montgomery and all of them. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's it. Their problem has been here's you know that first series with Detroit first of all. You can't lose 2-3 to Detroit again coming up if you want to make any kind of noise this season. New York, or uh, Detroit, excuse me, is not a good baseball team. They have an okay record right now to start the season. They're not good. They have a 38-year-old Miguel Cabrera as their marquee player right now. Uh, so you cannot lose 2-3 to them again. But here's what killed them. I mean, that first series, they gave up three runs. Their starters combined gave up three runs. They lost 2-3. of three. That can't happen. Right. if you want to have a winning baseball season. And sometimes, you know, the ball doesn't bounce your way. Baseball is a lot of luck when it comes to having a good season. But when your starters in three games give up three runs, you cannot lose two, uh, two out of three of those games.
1: Well, here's the problem that I think that the Reds ran into it. Manager David Bell kind of had his hands tied a little bit because you had uh, Moustakis on that COVID IL. Uh, you did not have, I believe, Castellanos. And you did not you know, really use uh, Akiyama a whole lot for the Cincinnati Reds. But now, when you have Moustakis back, when you have Akiyama, uh, who produced, I mean, in the last game, went 2-for-5. Moustakis picked up uh, a hit in two RBIs. And, of course, you know, Castellanos went 2-for-3, batting, uh, again, batting average at this point really doesn't matter, but it's still uh, 381. Uh, But when you have those guys out of the lineup, you might struggle offensively. Uh, But now that they're all healthy and that they're in the lineup, I think this is going to be a different Reds team that you'll see against Detroit, the second time around, than you saw the first time.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would, you would hope. And, uh, you know, just the bullpen. I mean, besides the Wade-Miley start, that's the, by far and away the worst start they've had so far this year. The bullpen struggled, as you mentioned. I mean, we mentioned the starters gave up three runs in that first series. Well, they gave up six runs in, in, in that second game, where I believe Castillo pitched into the seventh, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. I could check it. Um,
1: yeah, Castillo in that second game, uh, of course that the Reds lost by a score of 6-4 but Luis Castillo went 6 innings allowing 6 hits, 1 run only, 1
2: earns, uh, 1 walk and struck out 11. He took a 3-1 lead into the 7th inning and you know, if you're going to be a contending team you got to have the bullpen that if you're winning 3-1 against a bad team you got to win. I mean, that that's just, that's just how it is and unfortunately, you know, I know it's an optimistic year for the Reds but if that doesn't get sorted out, they're going to struggle throughout this season. You can't you can't be blowing games. I mean, that was against Detroit. Right. If you're playing, we saw what the Cubs can do, what their lineup did. They scored 12 runs in the first game, and I believe seven in the second. They played pretty well. It's a good thing that the Reds stole that third game. Yeah. But the thing is, you, you, you can't, if you want to be a playoff team, which I know I think is pretty much the mark for what most Reds fans and what the Reds should want this year, you cannot be blowing games when you're holding a two- or three-run lead in the last three innings. Right. I mean, again, it's going to come down to their bullpen. You know, they thought that they had a strong bullpen this year. The bullpen
1: is shown to be a little bit of a weak spot. Even Joey Votto uh, has shown some positives. It
2: looks like he's been uh, definitely starting the season off strong. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, they haven't hit the long ball for sure. They're second in the league right now with 12. They've got five guys with two already. But the Reds are definitely talented. We'll break down the Reds as they take on Detroit uh, when we come back right here on the Sportsman.
1: It's the Cincinnati Reds and Detroit Tigers coming up at 640 for the pregame. And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Sportsman on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH.
0: This is Alicia Brooks from Matthews Insurance. A lot of insurance companies want you to believe you are better off if you don't use a local agent. But that's simply not true. Customers who come to us after quoting online find they are very happy with our price, coverage, and service. When it comes to insurance, price is important, but so is having a dependable company and an agent who cares. Give us a call, 593-5573, or Google us, Matthews Insurance, friendly, reliable, local.
1: In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens.
0: Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH.
1: And back on the Sports Fan right here on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills on the mic alongside Joey Midor. We got you for about six more minutes before the Cincinnati Reds have their pregame show begin. They've got a 7-10 first pitch as it's the Reds taking on the Detroit Tigers, uh, but the Reds 2-4, and four, Tigers at 4-3. and three. Spencer Turnbull on the mound for Detroit, and for Cincinnati, Luis Castillo makes his second start. Running through the lineups uh, real quick, Shogo Akiyama will lead off in left field, batting second, first baseman Joey Votto. Eugenio Suarez bats third, and he is the third baseman. Mike Moustakis is a cleanup batter. He bats uh, and plays second, bats fourth. Uh, batting fifth, Nick Castellanos out in right fields. Jesse Winker batting sixth. He's a designated hitter. DH in the NL. I still can't believe it. Uh, but the DH, Jesse Winker. Get Nick's, used to it. I don't, well, listen, I kind of like it a little bit. But, uh, I, we'll, we'll go through the lineup. But uh, I, I kind of am approving of the DH because, again, just like how that extra inning thing hurt me, uh, the DH has helped. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like the DH a little bit. Uh, Stenzel uh, batting seventh. He's out in center fields. Freddie Galvis, uh, the shortstop batting eighth, and then batting ninth, the catcher, Tucker Barnhart. Over for Detroit, Nico Goodrum, the shortstop. He is a leadoff guy. Uh, Jonathan Shroop, second baseman. Miguel Cabrera bats third. He's a DH. C.J. Crone, the first baseman, batting fourth. Batting fifth, Harold Castro at third base. Batting sixth, Victor Reyes in right field. Batting seventh, Christian Stewart in left field. Austin Romine behind the plate, batting eighth. And Jacoby Jones out in center field for the Detroit Tigers. Uh but that's your starting lineup for the Cincinnati Reds that they're coming up next. Uh again six forty for that pregame and uh of course with the Cowboy and Tommy Thrall. But, you know, it's a different Reds team. It's something different from opening well, it's kinda like their opening day roster. They got Mustakis in there, they got Akiyama leading off. This is definitely a stronger team, uh than Detroit faced in games two and three in that first series.
2: Yeah, and Turnbill got the uh got the nod for Detroit and he... uh didn't get the decision. Pitched five and he's got eight strikeouts. Uh, only allowed one earned run in that first game. Uh, but, uh, you know, his career numbers, Turnbull hasn't been a successful start in the majors. In 30 starts, he's 3-17 and 17 with a 4-6 ERA. So you would assume that, you know, maybe I was just... Opening day, you know, Reds battered a little rusty, first time seen live pitching. So, you know, you're going to hope that this time around that they're able to settle in and uh, get some good swings on turnbill and, uh, put, you know, put some runs on the board because uh, you're going to get a good start out of Castillo, uh, I, I believe. You know, I just think he's proven that. I just think the Tigers' lineup is too weak to be able to really muster too much against him. Yeah, I mean, Luis Castillo also touched up 99 miles per hour on his uh, first start of the season.
1: Uh, 24 swing and misses were too shy of his career best. Um, but Turnbull also pitched pretty well, struck out seven of his first 15 batters, uh, did not get the decision. Uh, he's got to win the streak of 19 games, though. Uh, so something's going to have to break here. Something's got to give. Yes, something's got to give. I mean, it's not a no decision streak. Uh, so at least, you know, he's either lost or has not won uh, for Spencer Turnbull. And of course, he's looking to turn that around this year. Uh, but his last victory was on May 31st of last year in Atlanta. And Atlanta's got a talented team this year, too. They, Of course, Detroit will not face Atlanta because, you know, how everything is aligning this year uh, with the COVID-19 uh, readjustments and alignments. But still, uh, it's a competitive you know, NL and uh, AL Central. And we'll see what team you know, fights its way up on top.
2: Yeah, I mean, what I think you've seen is uh, I think the Cubs have kind of shown early on that they could be the team to beat in the division. They're the only team with a winning record currently at the moment at 4-2. and two. Uh, And as I predicted before the season, uh, obviously they lost Madden, but they brought in David Ross, who's got great chemistry with all those guys. And I mean, if you still look at their lineup, it's a pretty, pretty solid lineup. They still got stars, you know, at six of the nine positions that play. And again, and again, they get to have the advantage of the DH as well. And, uh, you know, the Cubs' issue for a long time was Kyle Schwarber was, wasn't the best fielder, but he was a great hitter. But uh, they couldn't exactly figure out times when to use him, so they tried to shove him out of right field at times just to get his bat in the lineup. Now they don't have to worry about that. They can put Hayward and Schwarber in the lineup together. They're going to be a tough battle, I think, the whole season for the Reds. But uh, Reds start with a win tonight. you got to take at least two of three from Detroit in this series. You cannot lose this series again. And to be honest, with, uh, I just think in the disparity of talent, I think the Reds should sweep Detroit, personally.
1: Right. I mean, again, they're seeing him a lot earlier on in the season. Uh, of course, they're going to see uh, Luis Castillo again for a second time this year. And when you see a, a pitcher multiple times, the more pitches you see, the more familiar you get with that pitcher. Uh, but still, you know, it is the Cincinnati Reds, and it's the Detroit Tigers coming up 640 pregame. And, of course, 7:10 first pitch. Unfortunately, we can't live stream it over the Internet. I know that uh, people have been trying to do it, but MLB blackout restrictions, of course. Uh, but you can always listen in uh, right here locally, 970, 97.1 FM. That's been the Sportsman presented by j Contracting. We'll come your way whenever there's not Cincinnati Reds within that 6 o'clock hour. But until then, I'm Connor Mills signing off, and alongside Joey Medour, we'll see you when we see you. Cincinnati Reds coming up next. Enjoy the baseball game.